I'm Duncan McLeod, and this is the Tech Central podcast brought to you today by IOCO, the systems integrator in the EOH Holdings Stable. Now, if you've missed any of the other interviews in this series with IOCO, please visit the podcast section on the Tech Central website or simply visit podcasts.africa. That's podcasts.africa to be taken directly there. Now, we're jumping across all the way across to the Middle East now to Dubai, to be specific, to chat to Esam Al-Badri. Uh, Esam, welcome to the podcast. You're in Dubai right now, uh, but you're actually Egyptian um, by birth, I believe, and yeah. you you move between Dubai and Egypt uh, quite a bit. Um, tell, tell us a bit about yourself and your background. Um, hi, Duncan. Thank you, thank you for, uh, for having me in your program today. Uh, my background is uh, basically computer science uh, engineering, and uh, I've been uh, uh, working in the Middle East for over 40 years now. I started with some multinationals like Data General and NCR. Then I founded uh, ACID in 1991, and uh, uh, we have been uh, addressing the Middle East market for the last 30 years very successfully. Fantastic. So 30 years ago, you founded Asset Technology Group. Um, uh, where, where was that founded? In Cairo? Uh, yes, it, it was founded uh, in Cairo. Uh, then uh, with uh, the, the expansion taking place in the, uh, in the company and, uh, uh, and the nature of the market that we are covering, we moved the headquarters to Dubai. And, uh, and most of the development team is currently uh, sitting in Egypt. We have over 500 uh, technical engineers. Uh, so that the headquarter, the business headquarter is in Dubai. The development center is in Cairo, while we have other uh, operational offices uh, in Saudi. Okay. And uh, is, your, is the Middle East region, North African Middle East region, your primary focus area or do you go beyond that? Uh, yes, uh, the prime uh, focus is uh, the Middle East country with a uh, uh, special focus on the Gulf states. So, SMU, this business has been around for almost three decades now, um, but uh, EOH uh, acquired a minority stake in it, um, I think about three or four years ago. How did that come about and uh, why, why did you agree to sell um, a majority stake in the business? Yeah. Um, uh, well, actually, uh, I was always looking for uh, approaching the African market, and uh, it's my belief that the uh, um, the next wave of growth for the company will be in Africa. So I I, I had the contact with the EOH as I learned that they are looking for uh, uh, partners and acquisitions in the Middle East, and we we really have done a very good uh, effort in exploring the potential uh, for both the EOH. And an asset, and and we reached the conclusion that uh, definitely there is a, a great deal of uh, uh, potential and opportunity for EOH to penetrate the Middle East market through uh, asset, and in the same time uh, for asset to have access to uh, South African and some African countries through EOH. So we can we we, we reach to a sort of bi-directional business relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, whereby you can really add value to each other. Uh, so we, we the, the setup uh, 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 was agreed to really utilize our asset presence in the Middle East and make it much shorter and easier for EH to have access to those markets and in the same time utilize resources in asset uh, for EOH projects in South Africa. 
So do you work quite closely then with other EOH group companies or IOCO companies for that matter? Yes, yes, for sure. Okay. And, we, uh, we work very closely with them. Okay, fantastic. Now, um, Esam, this podcast is really a look at the great African tech opportunity, and we're uh, we're interviewing uh, five or six uh, executives uh, across the IOCA stable uh, to to unpack that in some detail. Um, we, we're going to be focusing uh, today on the Egyptian market specifically. Um, when, when I spoke to EOH CEO Stephen van Koller recently for the first episode of this series, he spoke very highly of Egypt. Um, he, said he, he mentioned that he'd, uh, he'd been there and was impressed uh, at the direction the company is headed as well as, as, well as its business uh, growth potential. Um, we're sitting here in South Africa, well I'm sitting here in South Africa on the opposite end of the continent and um, I must admit we don't see a whole lot of news on on Egypt in our in our newspapers and on television, um, certainly not since the events of the Arab Spring a few years ago. H how are things in Egypt yeah. right now? Um, you know, I, I hear you're building smart cities over there. What's, uh, what's, what's, uh, what's the state of play on the ground and what's it look like in the ICT sector? Yeah, well, um, well, the, the uh, situation in Egypt now is very stable uh, after probably some uh, few years uh, uh, from 2011. Uh, the growth taking place uh, all over the economy is very positive. And the digital transformation initi initiative announced by the government has been followed uh, in a very strict manner. So the market is growing uh, ex exponentially. Uh, with, with the, as you mentioned, with, with the uh, building of new cities and on top of them, the Egypt new capital, mm -hmm. it's a huge investment. It's over like $100 billion investment. Wow. So this city is, uh, is um, uh, designed to be uh, fully automated, fully uh, connected from day zero. And uh, like this city, Egypt is building around more than cities in different places of, uh, of the country. So these new cities with the digital transformation initiative uh, are boosting the, um, the digital economy uh, in a, a massive way, I would say. So uh, the, the, by the way, the opening of the new uh, capital is next summer, so it's not far. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and we, as it was awarded uh, a very large project to fully automate all the ministries in the new capital. Okay, interesting. You say, so, you say sorry. You say you say there's a new capital. Uh, I presume the capital right now is Cairo. We're talking about the new capital of the country. Yeah, they call it the uh, the new administrative capital. Interesting. Okay, and this is going to be a digital capital. A completely digital capital, and all ministries will migrate to this new capital. Mm -hmm. So basically. Uh, uh, we are moving to a very modern and uh, well-connected uh, capital, and this will offload also the uh, the, the, the traffic and uh, services for from Cairo, which has uh, a, a bit of uh, older infrastructure. Okay, interesting. I, I was in Cairo. I think um, I'm trying to remember now. I, I was there for I think it was an ITU. Uh, International Telecommunication Union event about 15 or 20 years ago, and uh, and the one thing I remember about Cairo is uh, is the traffic. Um, so will this uh, will the creation of this new capital help alleviate the traffic situation? Is the traffic situation still what it, what it was when I was there 15 years ago? 
No, it is much better now for two okay. reasons. Uh, number one, I think the government is building uh, uh, new roads, new highways, uh, structuring bridges all over the capital, all over Cairo. So if you come to Cairo now, I think uh, if you travel from east to the west, uh, you, you will save minimum 30 minutes in this trip, minimum. And, uh, and also they are building, uh, Egypt built in the past like five years, more than 4,000 kilometers of new roads and highways. So this is uh, 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 really offloading the uh, the downtown from all the, the previous traffic, let's say 10 or 15 years ago. Sounds amazing. I think uh, I think those engineers and town planners need to come down to Johannesburg and uh, have a look at our traffic situation. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> some we're, we're here to talk about software though today, uh, IT and software, not uh, not traffic so much. Although there there are applications, uh, I'm sure, uh, for software yeah, in the yeah. traffic in space. But uh, we're, we're going to look at uh, specifically at, at software through the prism of Egypt and what the rest of the continent of Africa can learn from what Egypt is doing. Um, what, what in your view yeah. is Egypt doing right that other countries in Africa can emulate? Uh, I think, uh, I mean, when we talk about new cities, it's not only uh, construction. When you talk about new cities, you talk about uh, pushing the economy in, in different direction, not only the uh, software or technology direction. So the way, uh, in my opinion, Egypt started uh, building those new cities uh, was very smart. And, and you'll be surprised if I tell you most of those cities uh, did not uh, put any pressure on the government budget because it's self-financing. And this is by itself an experience that uh, I suggest for all developing nations to take, uh, I, I mean, to look at it uh, closely and see how it, it may fit uh, into each uh, uh, specific country, but in Egypt it was extremely successful. And uh, uh, when, when, you st when you start a new city and you want to make it modern, then you need to adopt the concept of smart cities. Uh, and, and this is a huge concept. And I think uh, uh, EOS has a very good uh, example or reference for that in uh, Cape Town. And we use EOH experience in um, proposing similar uh, technologies uh, to the government in Egypt while building uh, those new cities. Uh, however, when you look at the, um, the opportunity in Africa, if, if you allow me to talk about this a little, sure. uh, um, the, the, the African continent is currently going uh, into a major digital transformation. And, and it's not a luxury anymore to go into this direction. So when you look at the size, the scale of economy uh, and, and the size of uh, each country and, and also the population and everything, mm -hmm. this is a massive opportunity for technology giant uh, to grow their market on, uh, in Africa right now. So it, it has become very attractive uh, uh, for all technology giants to, to, to be very well presented in Africa. And on the other side, when you look at the financial market and the worldwide economy, you'll find the leading companies uh, taking the financial market uh, into growth is the um, technology uh, companies. Mm -hmm. When you look at, at companies like Apple, Facebook, and Amazon and others, they are leading, they are the engine of the growth right now worldwide. 
And those countries are expanding day after day and, and, and they have to massively expand their uh, resources. Uh, when you look at the Indian model in cooperating with uh, uh, those technology giants, uh, it was very successful. Uh, India is a bit uh, advanced more than Africa in, in, in from that perspective, but Africa right now is in a position uh, to compete aggressively in terms of outsourcing. Uh, outsourcing uh, talented skills, educated skills to those technology uh, giants. Uh, Asset has been into this uh, experience with many American and European uh, countries and it, it, it's working very well and I guess the same is taking place in South Africa and many African nations like Kenya and, and Nigeria. So there is a huge opportunity for Africa today to attract uh, multinational technology giants to have also a bi-directional, in my opinion, bi-directional business relationship where Africa is becoming a huge market for them and at the same time can utilize uh, very talented uh, African resources uh, uh, as outsourced uh, uh, resources to those companies. And with the technology advances, today we are talking uh, on the net. If we go to 10 years uh, in the past, uh, well, it, it was not that uh, uh, easy. And look at what Corona or COVID-19 uh, virus uh, made to the world. Everybody's talking now and making meetings uh, online with all the programs and technology infrastructure is in place. This will even make Africa more attractive to uh, a multinational giant to, to be able to offer the resources uh, in a cooperation model with those companies. Mm -hmm. and, and software is very good also in um, stimulating the job market. So, because you don't need, uh, for software industry, you don't need factories. Uh, you don't need uh, heavy uh, equipment. You only need talented people uh, to uh, help them fit into the software industry economy. Interesting. I was chatting some to Stephen von Koller about uh, this very topic and uh, skills development and entrepreneur, entrepreneurship in, in the African context. Now, we know that um, you've mentioned some of these these tech giants that come out of places like Silicon Valley, um, and even in Western Europe, we know that uh, there's a lot of money flowing around the system to support startups, to support digital entrepreneurs who want to build businesses. That's very different in Africa, where um, the venture capital ecosystem um, and just the funding ecosystem more broadly is very poorly developed. Um, are there, what, what is Egypt doing in that regard? Is it identified um, uh, um, the funding and and uh, mentorship of uh, tech entrepreneurs as an important uh, component of their digital growth strategy. And if, if, they are, if Egypt is doing that, what uh, lessons are there in that for uh, developing tech skills and, and tech businesses, startups elsewhere on the continent? Well, I, I think in Egypt is, uh, is advanced in this uh, uh, model for venture capital uh, uh, funding. And you have I would say many, many startups in Egypt who managed to get uh, uh, funds through venture capital funds internationally and locally. Because what has happened when the international model uh, for acquisition worked fine for Egypt, you'll find more than, um, I would say, four or five venture capital funds, large ones, 
helping startups and uh, and buying shares in promising companies uh, to grow the business. So uh, and and we, uh, Egypt also has established, I would say, like more than 20 years ago, um, uh, technology part in uh, at the west uh, west of Cairo, whereby you're you're really finding the same quality, the same uh, environment in Silicon Valley in in the US. So it attracted lots of multinationals, whether technology company or venture fund, mm -hmm. to come in one place, a very well structured, and look at the industry closely without having to uh, run everywhere in the country to identify opportunities. So this is one of the, um, uh, I would say, the uh, uh, infrastructures which helped Egypt a lot to become on the map for different uh, venture capital fund uh, and actually for technology for, uh, companies to build huge data centers to support their operation worldwide. Interesting. So uh, would you say that the creation of technology parks possibly backed by uh, with government backing or, or have been quite crucial in uh, Egypt's success in this area? For sure, for sure, 100%. Yeah, yeah. And we need to see more of those across Africa. What is the role of government? in creating these technology parks, parks or should, should it be led by the private sector? Uh, well, well it, uh, it, it usually starts by the government to facilitate the infrastructure like electricity, water, uh, transportation, because uh, usually you start those technology parks a bit remote from the capital. So unless uh, the government uh, invests in the infrastructure, it, it will be very difficult to uh, promote or to attract investors to come into a, a remote place and, and invest. So the government start the investment and actually they get back their investment after a while. Uh, once the, 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 the park is, become, is becoming operational and successful, uh, they sell all the lands around the park uh, for private sector at at a price which helped them to recover their investment. But, but you, what I noticed in Egypt that the government uh, starting uh, the infrastructure is helping a lot in uh, attracting private investors to jump in. Interesting. So government almost creates the impetus, it creates the foundation on top of which everything else happens. Like that, the new capital, uh, Duncan, I mean, yeah. it's in the desert. If, when you go to, it's like uh, 60 kilometers or 80 kilometers from Cairo. It mm. was all desert. If you try to attract a private investor to come into the desert, it, it is a very difficult job. It's almost impossible. But they went there, they, they, they built huge electricity station, water stations, uh, transportation, everything. Now they are selling all the land around the, the, the capital at uh, astronomical, uh, yeah, uh, mm -hmm. at very high prices, which uh, made them recover their investment and actually made profit. Interesting. And uh, we know that Silicon Valley got its start because of Stanford University to a very large extent. Um, what, what about uh, education systems system in, in Egypt? Have, is there a university that's uh, feeding this particular technology park? What is the view in Egypt about um, using universities and other higher education institutions to, to grow the digital economy? Yeah, well, uh, that's a very, very good question because since we started this uh, uh, digital transformation in the 90s, uh, the, the government uh, started to uh, to build uh, 
uh, universities or education institutions focused on the technology only. And you'll find hundreds of these today. Yeah? But when they started in the 90s, it started to started by uh, the government. Mm -hmm. And uh, and also they um, provided all the, uh, I, I would say, the facilities for private sector to uh, jump in and uh, build private universities. So uh, you would be surprised today. Uh, I'm a graduate uh, from a, a, a government university, which was extremely uh, focused in the 70s, for example. Uh, today, uh, the top universities in, in, uh, in Egypt are mostly private uh, universities. And you have tens of them, like I, I can't count, maybe 40, 50 universities uh, in cooperation with many countries like the UK, Canada, uh, USA, and many, many other countries uh, uh, coming into joint venture with the government to have uh, world-class uh, universities. The education system in Egypt is basically adopting the English language, which is helping also the software industry uh, when, you, when you talk about outsourcing, for example, because the, the outsourcing needs a lot of elements to be successful. One of them, of course, and the basic one is education, a very good education, communication and language skills, and, and many other elements that would make this uh, uh, business successful. I think Egypt proved to be one of the successful countries uh, in, in terms of exporting uh, skills to the West. Well, it's very good to hear that, uh, that Egypt is doing so well. Um, I think particularly after the Arab Spring, which is what what uh, everyone still remembers, but it's it's good to hear that the economy is, is stabilized and that uh, there's a focus on the on IT and 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 technology as a basis for economic growth. But I I wanted to ask you, Sam, and maybe put you on the spot a little bit before we before we um, end the podcast today. But do you um, do you ever travel to South Africa? And uh, if so, um, what are your views on the country and what its potential is uh, in the space? Uh, what should we be doing? Um, uh, and what can we learn as South Africa from, from Egypt and, and what it's been doing in recent years? Yeah, I, I visited South Africa many, many times because uh, uh, before COVID-19, all the board meetings uh, were held in, uh, in South Africa. And uh, I was introduced to many people in Iwatch, is a huge company, so I, can, I cannot yeah. uh, claim that I met, met all of them. Uh, but definitely I met with the executive, I met with a lot of division uh, where we are exchanging expertise uh, uh, jointly. Uh, and I think um, um, South Africa, in my opinion, is a very, very good bridge between Africa and Europe because I can see in South Africa a, a very good similarity with Europe in, uh, in, in many aspects. Uh, and on, on the other hand, many challenges in terms of economy and the job market, uh, which which is 100% uh, there in Egypt as well. So we share with South Africa a lot of social and economical uh, uh, factors. Uh, and even on the political side, we're not the same, but still I, 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 I could notice that a lot of arguments are similar. So I didn't feel stranger in South Africa, to be honest. And uh, what needs to be done in South Africa is probably uh, uh, promoting the, the technology uh, industry in more aggressive way and give a kind of incentive to private sector uh, uh, 
to invest more in the technology sector. Uh, decision making is not that fast, which is again similar to Egypt, but probably the, the because of what's happening in Egypt in the past like eight uh, years uh, uh, and building new cities and so forth, uh, that made the economy uh, very healthy. Uh, probably were one of the very few countries that achieved uh, G uh, positive GDP last year. So, and I would, uh, in, in my opinion, uh, South Africa can do a lot of similar things to help the economy to grow and to create uh, the, the job opportunities for uh, young, younger people to, to join the job market uh, quickly. Excellent. Well, Esam, uh, it sounds like I need to uh, get myself back up to, to Egypt and have a look at everything that's going on. It has been a, a very long time since I visited the country, so I'd love to uh, to come and see these new highways that you're talking about and these technology parks and uh, and just have a get a feel for it. You're most welcome, welcome Duncan, and, and we'll host you in the new capital if you come by end of this year. <laughs> okay. I don't know if COVID's going to allow that, but uh, we'll... Uh, well, yeah. well, we'll have to see. But, uh, look forward to seeing yeah. it again. But um, thanks so much for uh, thanks so much for sharing your insights on on Egypt and uh, and uh, the lessons that the rest of the continent can learn from what Egypt has achieved to date. Esam El Badri is founder and CEO of Asset Technology Group. Thanks so much for talking to Tech Central today. Thank you, Duncan. It's a pleasure.